1: deserts bare man i breathe the mountain air man I travel i've had my share man i've been everywhere
0: get on the phone now and call 800-387-8025 that's 1-800-387-8025 email the program at info at rudy or follow us on facebook at rudy max's world and now america's number one travel radio show rudy max's world
2: Welcome aboard. You're listening to Rudy Max's World 2014 Holiday Retrospective. I'm Robert Carey.
3: And I'm Mary Carey.
2: Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to all of you listening out there. Thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. Rudy's enjoying the holidays in Washington, D.C., so we thought for the next two hours we'd share some of the top guests we've had on the show in 2014. These are compelling guests. That we felt needed some additional airtime. And we think you're going to enjoy it.
3: And in the holiday spirit, we've got some travel trivia for you. A lot of people think that eggnog crossed the pond in the 1800s. But according to historical counts, going back to Captain John Smith, the first eggnog was made and consumed in the U.S. in the 1607 Jamestown Settlement in Virginia.
2: Well, so there we are. So, all right, let's get things started. Who is the American traveler in 2014? Back in May, Steve Cohen of MMGY joined Rudy to share specifics on trends of domestic and international travel, plus what individuals, business travelers, couples, and families are seeking in these days of travel. Here's what that interview had to say.
4: Well, who is the American traveler in 20? 14. That is probably at least one of the questions that my next guest company, MMGY Global, attempted to answer. Steve Cohen works with MMGY Global. He's a specialist in market research, and he leads the firm's Customer Insight and Industry Research Group. And he's got some interesting numbers that, when you put them all together, gives you a portrait of the 2014 American travelers. Steve, nice to have you on the show. Welcome.
5: Hi, hey, Rudy. Really nice to chat with you again.
4: Okay. let's uh, Let's take the broad view first. Where are people interested in, where are Americans interested in traveling to in the U.S. and abroad?
5: Well, those numbers haven't changed to a great extent over the last few years. Um, Florida and California and Hawaii continue to rank at the top of our list, as they have for the last few years, along with New York. What we're seeing a little um, increase in is Colorado and, to a certain extent, Alaska, as being the top six states that uh, travelers are most interested in.
4: And Hawaii, I think I saw in your uh, study as well. Yeah. Right? Right. Well, Florida so, yeah. and California—it's all about Orlando, and I guess uh, you know—I'm surprised Nevada. I mean, I guess for maybe it's just conventions that draw so many people to Las Vegas. I mean, aren't Orlando and Las Vegas the two most visited places in the United States?
5: Yes, that's a good point. Our study talks about where people are interested in visiting on vacation. I so see. So while a lot of a lot of travelers visit Las Vegas for convention trade show and extend their trip into some leisure time. Um, In terms of looking at where to go on vacation, Las Vegas hasn't ranked as high as some of these other states that we're talking about.
4: And do you have international destinations that Americans most covet this year? Uh,
5: We do, and they tend to be what you would expect they would be. Um, Western Europe locations, United Kingdom, France, Italy. And then locations in the Caribbean, which are a little bit fragmented, but if you look at the Caribbean as a whole, it ranks right up there with those Western European destinations.
4: You and I met uh, a couple of weeks ago in Arizona uh, during a conference on family travel, and I know you were looking, uh, for the sake of the audience, that, which I was a member, you were looking at family travel. You found that there was seemed to be a tendency of fewer families wanting to go to the same destination each year, which probably was more something in the, I don't know, what, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, maybe?
5: Well, while we do still see some of that um, traditions and nostalgia from going to the same place that your parents went and their parents went, what we're seeing now with children particularly being exposed through um, online media, the ability to learn about so many different places to where they don't, they want to be stimulated in a different way. They want to see something new and different. So while to a certain extent they're okay going back to the same places, they're really pushing their parents to go to new and different locations.
4: You know, I think I can identify that with, you know, as a kid, I did not, uh, the colonel didn't want me to watch, we didn't have a television. I wasn't allowed to watch TV, you know, I saw very few movies, and of course there was no internet, obviously. But I just, you know, I didn't know about California until I got out here, until I got to California in college on a trip kids today, I mean, they see television shows set in exotic places all over the world. They see movies. They go online. I, I, I would imagine that gives them a much wider vision of possibilities in the world for travel, yeah?
5: Yeah, kids are very savvy these days, and they don't want to be thrown in the car and told where they're going on vacation. They really want to have more of an, an influence on where families are traveling. And in fact, in our study, we've learned that among those who travel with children, um, the children—about two-thirds of the cases—are involved with deciding where to visit. Much greater than if we'd conducted this study, say, back in the you know, '70s or '80s.
4: Right, right. Um, you have you—you uh, you, you identified the inspiration for choosing destinations, and your number one choice was friends and family. F- followed by internet searches, and then travel review sites like TripAdvisor. So. I, I take away from that that word of mouth, um, folks saying you got to go there, is, is is still a very powerful influencer? Word of
5: mouth has and is, is still the primary influencer. And it's important to note that when we talk about family and friends being that influence, it's still the spoken word, whether it's in person, on the phone. Um, it's not as much interacting via electronic media. We have a number of clients who are looking at primarily moving everything to a digital platform in terms of the inspiration stage, thinking that that's where people are inspired to make their decision to visit a particular destination from. And what we're suggesting is that it continues to be the word of mouth from friends, families, people that they trust.
4: So what do you tell a client on how to create more word of mouth then?
5: Um, Through social campaigns, not necessarily pushing the destination, but pushing what to do in the destination. What really helps destination is once someone's decided to visit there, now they're looking online for what should I do once I get there. So I want to visit Hawaii, and I've always wanted to visit Hawaii. Well, what are some of the specifics I'm going to do because now I've locked into a seven-day stay. I only want to go to the beach so many times. So tell me what I can do once I get there. And that's what they're really using um, uh, social media to learn uh, about what to do.
4: Right, and they're drilling down to, like, what restaurant's great for families or for a romantic dinner or whatever, and they want somebody locally or someone with some knowledge to tell them. Uh, my guest is Steve Cohen. He's the vice president at uh, MMGY Global. How do we describe MMGY Global? It's, it's, is it a public relations firm, primarily?
5: Uh, no, we're the world's largest travel marketing organization. All okay. travel marketing, our mantra is we inspire people to go places, get people to get out and travel.
4: And NMGY Global just issued a what they call the 2014 Portrait of the American Traveler. So take off our favorite hotel brands and our favorite airlines and our favorite rental car firms, I guess starting with the, the most favorite of each, yes?
5: Sure. Um, hotel brands continue to be Marriott and Hilton. Um, rental car brands, Hertz, Avis, Enterprise. Most popular airlines, American, Delta, Southwest, United, and JetBlue.
2: When we come back on Rudy Max's World 2014 Holiday Retrospective, Mary and I visit the executive chef, Noel McNeil, and general manager, Andrew Phelan, at Northern Ireland's Hotel of the
0: Year, the Loch Aaron Resort. To participate in the program and have some fun, call 800-387-8025 or
4: email the show at info
0: at We're
4: coming right back. Introducing Orbitz Rewards. It's the only way to earn and redeem rewards instantly. And the only thing better than earning and redeeming instant travel rewards earning and redeeming even more instant travel rewards. When you join Orbitz Rewards, use the promo code Happy for an extra 20% off eligible hotels. Instant rewards you can pile on top of more instant rewards. That's what we call happy. Sign up now at orbits.com slash rewards or visit Rudy McMahon
6: and sponsors at it It's Is car buying forever. Hi, Leah. True Car helps car buy get rid of their In the six months of this year, over 275,000 cars were sold by the True Car Certified Dealer Network. And True Car users save an average of $3,221 off MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow three easy steps. The First, go to TrueCar.com and find out what others paid for the car you want. Then, register to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. Third step, simple. Just print out your savings certificate and take it to the TrueCar certified dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. To see how much you can save on the car you want, simply download the TrueCar mobile app or visit TrueCar.com today. That's TrueCar.
2: Go online at relieffactor4.com. That's
7: relieffactor4.com.
0: To join Rudy Max's World, call anytime, 800-387-8025. Follow the program on Facebook at Rudy Max's World. Now back to America's number one travel radio show. It is
2: 18 minutes after the hour, and you're listening to Rudy Max's World 2014 Holiday Retrospective. I'm Robert Carey.
3: And I'm Mary Carey.
2: We hope, wherever you're listening, that you're having a wonderful Christmas and holiday season.
3: This hour of Rudy Max's World is brought to you by our loyal sponsor, Orbits.com. Orbitz Rewards, it's the only way to earn and redeem rewards instantly. And the only thing better than earning and redeeming instant travel rewards earning and re- redeeming more instant travel rewards. When you join Orbitz Rewards, use the promo code GIFTME, G-I-F-T-M-E, GIFTME, for an extra 15% off eligible hotels. Instant rewards you can pile on top of more instant rewards. Sign up now at Orbits.com slash rewards and get instant vacation gratification. You can also visit RudyMaxa.com under Sponsors. Earlier this month, Robert and I broadcast from the Loch Aaron Resort in the Fermanagh Lakelands region of Northern Ireland. During that show, we had a chance to spend some time with their renowned executive chef Noel McNeil and general manager Andrew Phelan. Here's that interview. Joining us now is award winning executive chef Noel McNeil, who's responsible for all of the amazing foods here at the Loch Aaron Resort. Uh, some of his credentials include training at Ballymina Tech, Ballymina, did I pronounce that correctly? That's correct, Okay, yes. good, good. Technical College, the Northern Ireland Hotel and Catering College. He earned a scholarship to the U.S. attending Johnson and Wales University in Providence, Rhode Island. He has worked at Boston University. He has worked along some famous chefs, including Jean-Louis Paladin at the Watergate Hotel in Washington, D.C., Alice Waters at Chez Panisse in San Francisco, one of my favorites, and he has worked at uh, Le Cirque, the fame restaurant in New York City, our hometown. He has also owned his own restaurant, been head chef at several other top properties in Ireland.
2: And this is the best part.
3: And he's even cooked, this is my favorite part, the wedding feast for Sir Paul McCartney. So, so he- neil,
2: basically you 've done nothing of oh, your <laughs> so, uh, so I, mean, I think listen. we could probably keep going, but we 'll
3: stop there, and I do want to mention that his simple philosophy is finding, preparing, and serving fresh food in season. Welcome to the show, and thank you for being with us today
8: great
2: so no, l- let let me ask you this uh, I mean, as Mary just said, i mean we we could and, and we actually shortened your your uh, bio and so forth, okay <laughs> uh, but you 've certainly had your big moments as as a chef. Uh, I want to start really and ask you the G8 summit that was here. All those world leaders, you know, they all have their own individual personalities and uh, likes and dislikes. What was it like uh, preparing for the G8 summit and all the folks that were here?
9: I think one of the the great things most of all was really being able to share what we do best at the Lockhearn Resort here in Fermanagh, um, which is is something very very special it's a bit of magic in a lot of ways um of great food great culture and certainly it's something that everyone has to see before they before they die in a lot of ways but i think it was a magical experience to have the world leaders come to this part of the country and really for for me as a chef and my team most of all be able to showcase the best of local produce um People often say, you know, well, you know, did everyone have something individual? But certainly not. It was it was very much about the people that produce great food um, around here, and 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 the food that we do here now in Ireland has changed dramatically into a great modern, stylish, classy. Yeah,
2: we've certainly noticed that.
9: Absolutely, that's good.
3: So a little bit about you. Um, one of six. You grew up one of six. Yeah, large I'm, family. I'm from,
9: from a country, from a country mm-hmm. bumpkin in a lot of ways. Yeah. So um, yeah.
3: how did that um, shape how you approach food? How do you think growing up in this area and from a large family inspired you or shaped how you approach food or how you even got into the, all of this?
9: I think one of the great things, you know, and I always talk about the Irish mother, um, mm. it's the homeliness, the, the, the welcome that we actually give here. And I always, I always came from a household that was very much about celebration and about celebration of, not just about the birthday, but about the bringing in of the hay. Um, And that had a lot to do with the smells of the food coming out of the kitchen. So I was very much centred about that. And, And little did I know when I was actually growing up that, that my parents were, were making me do things that maybe I didn't actually want to do, which was look after the <laughs> well, garden. Our boys will right. tell you that too. Yes, we got it. So nice. to certainly. So, so, so from looking after the garden to doing all of that, and that was really about all the, 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 the tools of life that they were giving me in my toolbox. So it's, it's now that I'm reaping the reward being able to, be able to execute so many of them and be able to go into that toolbox and take them out and be able to showcase that.
2: Well, let me, let me ask you. So in the States, farm to table, very big. Okay, uh, You have a wealth uh, of resources to pull from here where Lock and Resort is located. Uh, how do you go about sourcing and how do you, you know, how, how do you go about showcasing the area through some of the menu options you have?
9: Well, I would say, uh, as you understand, one of the one of the great things was that uh, at a young age I was able to go and work in a place called Chez and under Alice Waters, mm-hmm. and uh, very much that was a lot to do with getting the tools been able to utilise that, that later in life and I think one of the great things Julia Childs at that time was the one that actually helped me to get into Shape right. and people like, great people like that um, around the States that I was able to uh, understand what their philosophy was as well and take that back to Ireland, showcase it very much about you know, working with great people. Now in the kitchen as everybody understands has pe- has people with great passion and love and, and, all, and what we want to do is we want to be engage as well with outside the kitchen doors with great people like that, like our general manager, like all of the people that works here from our sales market, from all of that. But for to do it with it
2: sitting here with us. Right? So so with, with
9: that you know we have great producers that right. produce the, the the luscious the you know the, the, the beef from our luscious green pastures mm. that we have here to, to right through to paddock Doherty, uh, with his own pegs on his own island and we have right him coming up actually here yeah.
2: but you know what I, I know what I truly what I love I love the passion I love I mean you you truly anybody that comes here you better make it a point to uh Friend, no, it won't be very difficult <laughs> to do that. But the passion that you actually exude as a person—it's it, evident in your food. It really has Absolutely. been. It's been an enjoyment. I enjoy very uh, much of an enjoyment being here.
3: Andrew, is there something constant that you hear about uh, Chef McMeal from the guests who are staying here? And what is your—he's <laughs> laughing. Be nice now. And is there a favorite menu item that you have?
8: Well, I think that the, the you know the, the greatest comment that we get back. Mm-hmm is people coming back, that yeah. people come back to the hotel, they love the food that's here. And I think the passion that Noel was explaining really comes out on the plate. Right. And you know he has developed a, a tremendous team in the kitchen. And not a lot of people appreciate the work that happens in the kitchen, behind the doors and the work that goes into to producing the food that mm-hmm. we serve here. But I suppose for me, it's probably not a very fair question with Chef standing here beside me <laughs> to say, what's your favourite dish? But, um, you know, we, we get a lot of rain in this part of the world and yeah. you see the lovely green pasture. And really, that comes, that comes through in the food. And whether it's, you know, the, f- the, f- the beef that we serve here, we get beef from a local producer, kettle beef. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that beef comes from the county of Fermanagh and yeah. it's finished off on the grass here and the quality and the flavor that comes through is magnificent. I know that you're going to meet Pat Doherty and he really yes. has a great story to tell. Yeah. So I'm not going to but take we'll save that for I'm him. not going to take the, the wind out of his side. Okay. <laughs> I,
2: I, we've got about uh, and all we've got maybe about 30 seconds before I get into something else. So tell me because it's I think it's important as well. Uh how much a focus that goes into the wines and even the whiskies. Uh, the Blaney Bar, hundred and one different whiskies. Give us a little snapshot of wines and whiskies here at uh, Lock Aaron
9: I think it's so important that um, even in Ireland that we don't really grow our own uh, grapes as such, but um, we have some. We, we, we certainly for for the style of what we do here, we have an amazing, impressive wine list. Um, we have an amazing accomplishment. You know, of bringing great whiskies, Irish whiskies, all together. Um, And I think we match so much of that to food because I think, you know, food and and, Pairings pairings are so, so important. And that we all have the knowledge, you know, and we share the knowledge with our guests. And I think that's one of the great special things that we do at the Loch Erin is that we share so much of it. So with that, it is very, very important.
2: Well, if you want to learn more about Loch Erin and plan your visit here, Uh, Best place to go right now, LockAaronResort.com. I'm going to spell that out for everybody out there listening. Uh, It's Lock, L-O-U-G-H, Aaron, E-R-N-E, Resort.com. So LockAaronResort.com. When we come back after a few brief messages, Rudy explores the meaning of time as you travel across the world with Sir Richard Lewis. This is a fascinating interview, so stay right where you are.
0: Max's world phone lines are open anytime. So call us at 800-387-8025. And so is the website at RudyMaxa.com. Stay with us. We're coming right back after these messages.
4: Introducing Orbitz Rewards. It's the only way to earn and redeem rewards instantly. And the only thing better than earning and redeeming instant travel rewards? Earning and redeeming even more instant travel rewards. When you join Orbitz Rewards, use the promo code Happy for an extra 20% off eligible hotels. Instant rewards you can pile on top of more instant rewards. That's what we call happy. Sign up now at Orbitz.com rewards or visit RudyMaxa.com and look under sponsors to get instant vacation gratification.
7: Robitussin Coffequence number 29 The Not-So-Silent Night
0: (laughs) Uh. (laughs) Sorry, hon (laughs)
10: <laughs> oh you keep waking me up i think that's <coughs> Come on it's 3 a.m
7: <coughs> control your cough with robitussin dm max nighttime it has a unique dual action liquid that instantly soothes your throat and delivers fast powerful relief of the coughs that can keep you up at night which is good news for you and the person one pillow over robitussin don't suffer the consequences. use as directed
0: are always open at 800-387-8025. And stay connected with the program at RudyMaxa.com. Now, back to Rudy Max's World.
3: Welcome back to Rudy Max's World 2014 Holiday Retrospective. I'm Mary Carey, along with my husband and travel partner, Robert. It's 33 after the hour.
2: Have you ever thought about how much time plays such an important role in travel? How we react to time? How other cultures react to time? Earlier this year, cross-cultural expert Sir Richard Lewis joined Rudy to explore the topic.
4: Well, as most anyone who travels internationally knows, time is regarded very differently in different cultures, especially when it comes to Eastern and Western countries. But most of us don't know how differently time is regarded by others. Those differences caught my attention to my next guest, Sir Richard Lewis of the UK-based Richard Lewis Communications. He's one of Britain's foremost linguists and the founder of Berlitz Schools in East Asia, Portugal, and Finland. He's been the personal tutor in Japan to Empress Michiko and five other members of the uh, uh, imperial family. He lectures on cross-cultural topics around the world, and he recently wrote an article for BusinessInsider.com. It's got a straightforward title, How Different Cultures Understand Time. Welcome to the show, Sir Richard. Nice to have you here. You identify several different concepts of time. Let me run through them very quickly, and then we're going to get to specific examples, because you have fascinating examples. There's linear time that you say applies to Americans, for whom time is money. In the case of Americans, you say, and I quote, the past is over, but the present you can seize, parcel, package, and make it work for you in the immediate future. So that's linear time, just straightforward, right out. Then there's multi-active time for Southern Europeans who feel the more they can do at the same time, the happier they are. They're not as concerned as Americans or Germans or Swiss about schedules and punctuality. That's multi-active time. And then there's cyclic time of Eastern cultures who see time as a cycle. They realize the sun rises and sets every day. The seasons come around regularly, and time therefore seems to be in unlimited supply which may help account for the long time by Western standards. It often takes agents to make decisions. So these different concepts must collide all the time, don't they, Richard?
1: Well, yes, I wrote a book called uh, When Cultures Collide. It's not only time colliding, but uh, certainly time does. You know, the people live in different worlds when it comes to time. Let me give you an example. I used to work for the Deutsche Welle, which is the uh, German uh, you know, shortwave service broadcasting news of the world. And we were three announcers, English, one English, one French, and Italian. And, uh, you know, the routine was that we came in to the office at 9 o'clock in the morning. The German editors had the German news for us, the uh, news in German. We translated it in about an hour, an hour and a half. And we read the news at noon. And it was an easy three hours, you know. I used to translate it in an hour and a half and didn't have coffee till noon. Now, the Frenchman did the same. But the Italian, he didn't come in at 9 o'clock, you know. He, he was an Italian, and he came in at 10 o'clock or maybe 10.15 or maybe half past 10. And, you know, his German editor used to get very worried that he wasn't going to show up. And they got worse and worse, you know, it came in later and later. And then one morning he showed up, he didn't show up until quarter past 11. And his editor, Pfefferkorn, you know, was a nervous wreck by then. And as soon as Giovanni walked in, you know, Pfefferkorn rushed to him and said, Giovanni, you should have been here at nine o'clock. And Giovanni said, why? What happened? Pfefferkorn said, nothing happened. (laughs) <laughs> so, well, well, he said, why should I have been here at 9 o'clock? Now, this was uh, rather, you know, humorous for the rest of us because uh, they, they lived in two completely different worlds. You know, for the German, what was important was that you come at 9 o'clock because that's when you're supposed to come, punctuality. And for the Italian, what was important was reading the news properly uh, and correctly, which he always did. So you know, how do you reconcile those two people?
4: I'm talking with Sir Richard Lewis of Richard Lewis Communications. He's a linguist, and founder of uh, Berlitz Schools in various countries, and we're talking about the difference in time as it applies to cultures. Uh, Richard, let me ask you. I don't know if you've ever been to the Caribbean, but one gripe that tourists have, visit travelers, when they go to the Caribbean, is uh, the, the service is very slow. Uh, you know, nobody seems to quite bring out the coffee on time and that sort of thing.
1: How, do you, how would you explain that different concept of time? Active cultures, you know, they're not linear like Brits or Americans. You know, what they say is when God made time, he made plenty of it. And so, <laughs> you know, why use it up so fast? <laughs> uh, it's a different tempo of life. It doesn't mean that uh, they don't do things. They do them uh, a little bit more in a more leisurely manner than we do.
4: Let's look at Asia.
1: Asia. Talk to me yeah, about Asia. Well, they believe in cyclic time. Uh, you know, we have the seasons, uh, uh, succeed each other. So, you know, things are not going to change. So if you don't do it this week, you can do it next month or next year. Um, opportunity always uh, comes again for you.
4: But there are differences, say, between Japan and China, aren't there?
1: Well, yeah. the, the Japanese and the Chinese um, are... Uh, fairly uh, fairly punctual. I mean, you have other Asians like Indonesians and Thais who Mm. take things in a much more leisurely manner. Uh, I wouldn't uh, say that, uh, you know, that it's quite the same system throughout, throughout Asia. You notice it, you know, with economic success, I mean, Japan and China are successful economically. They, they don't have American time, but they're somewhere between, you know, the Americans and the other Asians.
4: And you pointed out in your article that in Spain, if you show up for a dinner party or a business meeting right on time, you can sometimes discombobulate your host or, or wow, people yes. you're meeting with.
1: I mean, that would apply also to Brazil, where a lot of parties are going all at the moment. I mean, in Brazil, if you show up at 8 o'clock for a, the cocktail party advertised at that time, you know, the host is still in the bath and the, the, the hostess is probably out buying the, buying the shopping for the party. So, and the maid who opens the door would be astonished, you know, that you, you came. So in Brazil, it's better to arrive about two hours late and then you're right on time.
4: Two hours?
1: It's not an exaggeration at all. No, no. I would say it's almost an understatement.
4: That is incredible. And then, and then, of course, on the other end, entire under the spectrum, you have the Swiss.
1: The Swiss are love punctuality. They, they, if you go to Switzerland, you'll find that the trains don't leave on the minute, they leave on the second. You know, if the train is 318, they leave at 318. And, uh, and that's that, uh, that's the way they organize their lives. And uh, well, personally, I wouldn't <laughs> quarrel with that, but I, I couldn't say I'm quite that accurate myself.
3: After this short break, Roger Dow joins Rudy Max's World 2014 holiday retrospective to explain why travel makes you smarter.
0: Join Rudy Maxa's world by calling 800-387-8025. Access the show anytime at RudyMaxa.com. We're coming right back.
3: This is a special alert to consumers who own back taxes to the IRS.
11: Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing during the decline in the U.S. economy, the Internal Revenue Service is now accepting reduced settlements from consumers on back taxes, resulting in back taxes reduced by thousands of dollars. An open phone line has been established by federal tax relief for consumers to call and see if you qualify for this reduction to ensure your financial stability during this decline in the economy. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call 1-800-237-2199. That's 1-800-237-2199. If you owe back taxes to the IRS, there is no need to fear anymore. The IRS is now accepting reduced settlements from consumers resulting in tax debts reduced by thousands of dollars. For your free information and to see if you qualify for your reduction, call the Federal Tax Relief Hotline, one 800 1-800-237-2199. 1-800-237-2199. That's 1-800-237-2199.
6: True Car is changing car buying forever. Hi, it's Leah. True Car helps car buyers get rid of the fear that they might overpay. Just in the first six months of this year, over 275,000 cars were sold by the True Car Certified Dealer Network. And True Car users save an average of 3000 $221 off MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow 3 easy steps. First, go to TrueCar.com and find out what others paid for the car you want. Then, register to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. Third step, simple. Just print out your savings certificate and take it to the TrueCar certified dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. To see how much you can save on the car you want, simply download the True Car mobile app or visit TrueCar.com today. That's TrueCar.
7: Robitussin (laughs) Coffequence number 29, The Not-So-Silent Night.
10: (laughs) Uh.
0: Sorry, hon. (laughs)
10: <laughs> oh, you keep waking me up. I think that's... <coughs> Come on, it's 3 a.m.
7: Control your cough with Robitussin DM Max Nighttime. It has a unique dual-action liquid that instantly soothes your throat and delivers fast, powerful relief of the coughs that can keep you up at night, which is good news for you and the person one pillow over. Robitussin. Don't suffer the cough Use as directed. If you've got
2: aches and pain and soreness, it could be chronic inflammation. Listen to Dave talk about
11: Relief Factor
5: I was in a sawmill accident and suffered with pain and discomfort for 60 years. I heard about Relief Factor 4 and decided to order it. And in four days, I was walking without a limp and without pain. I am thrilled. For
2: more information or to order Relief Factor 4, go online at ReliefFactor4.com. That's ReliefFactor4.com.
0: Participate in the program, call anytime 800 387 8025 or log on to RudyMaxa.com. Once again, you're in Rudy
2: Max's World. It is 43 minutes after the hour. Thanks for spending part of your Christmas weekend with us for Rudy Max's World 2014 Holiday Retrospective. I'm Robert Carey, along with my wife and travel partner Mary. Can travel make you smarter? Can travel make you wealthier? Should you take the kids out of school for travel? Roger Dow is the president of the U.S. Travel Association, and earlier this year, he joined Rudy to educate us all. Here's an excerpt.
4: All right, does travel make you smarter? Does it make you richer? Well, Roger Dow is the CEO of the U.S. Travel Association, that's a travel industry trade group that's dedicated to increasing travel to and within the U.S., and he has the results of a study that sheds some light on those two questions. Welcome to the show, Roger. Nice to have you aboard.
12: Hey, Rudy. Always good to talk to you.
4: Well, now... You know, we we do talk a lot about the bad side of travel. We talk about the good side, but this is the really good side. Tell me about this study and some of the key findings, won't you? I I
12: sure will. Uh, We've been looking at uh, not only people enjoy travel, but, you know, what are the intrinsic benefits? And one that we've uh, stumbled over that is intuitive but now proven by research is that travel has a great impact uh, positively on children and education when they take learning-based trips.
4: So, not travel generally. If the parents take them out to go skiing in Kitzbühel. That you're, you're talking about specifically learning-based trips organized yeah, with at, some educational institution.
12: Yes, yes. We asked them uh, learning-based, so it could be a school trip, or it could be the parents that take someone to New York and say, "Hey, we're going to take a day and go to the Metropolitan, okay. or we're going to take a day to look at history." So, I've taken my kids to Gettysburg and things like that. Uh, it was not a school trip, but it, you know, had a learning component.
4: You know, and I did a news. I'm sorry, Roger, we did a news story a, a couple of weeks ago on the show about uh, uh, England, where my granddaughters go to school, very strict on taking your kids out of school, and some couple who hadn't had a vacation in five years, it was the only time dad could take off, took their kids out for a, a week and were fined, I don't know, $1,200, and within, they doubled the fine when he didn't pay within three weeks. Um, but And I argue that traveling is fabulous. For kids, you also there's also some studies. I don't know if that's your study, but it certainly is on this website called travel that kids are more likely to finish college if they've traveled when they were younger.
12: Yeah, let me share some numbers from that study. The Wagner group uh, studied 400 people, 200, uh, these are adults, 21 to 69, 200 that took a trip learning-based and 200 didn't, and they balanced it for age, ethnicity, income, because we didn't want to say, okay, yeah, the rich kids go on trips and folks that aren't as fortunate economically don't. And in balancing it, here's what they learned. They found out that it has significant impact on um, their going on to college, 57% versus 33%. The one I like, because education is so important, is if people took more than five trips, 90% graduate high school, 65% college. They earned 12% more during their career than the kids who didn't take these trips. And they say it makes them much more interesting in school, uh, career, so it really has an impact at a young age, and you and I know, we've talked about this before, we remember the trips we took with our parents and our grandparents, they're, they're indelible in our minds, not only building relationships, but making us curious.
4: I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Uh, we've got another minute, Roger, and I don't want to uh, take up that minute. Is there anything else in the study you'd like to share with us?
12: Well, one thing, it also, the, uh, 59% said they had got better grades. Uh, Moore said they're connected to history, They 86 said they're very, much more interested in school. For my children, I had, I grew up with the three R's, as you did, reading, writing, arithmetic. For my children, I've had a third R, roaming. i say if they don't roam around the world, the world is going to pass us by.
4: That's a great. That's a great slogan. I've got to let the people who employ me know that I traveled a whole lot as a kid because I don't think my income exactly reflects the. I'm kidding. Uh, this is very, very good news. Listen, uh, this website traveleffect.com has got a multitude of uh, statistics. I just discovered it because of your uh, uh, you're bringing this study to my attention, Roger, and I do appreciate it. And I appreciate you stopping by as well. Always
12: a pleasure to be with you, Rudy. Thanks for all you do with the travel industry. Thank you,
4: and you as well. Roger Dow is the president and CEO of the U.S. Travel Association. It's a trade group that's dedicated to bringing more travelers to the United States and getting us to travel more around the United States. But uh, clearly, he's a big advocate of travel, whether here or abroad. The research was uh, by a company called the Wagner Group, and again, uh, Travel Effect E F F E C T is a site that's got some interesting stats that I'm going to be using uh, down the road as well.
3: When we come back on Rudy Max's World 2014 Holiday Retrospective, New York Times Gateway columnist Stephanie Rosenblum unlocks the secrets of top travel websites.
0: To participate in the program and have some fun, call 800-387-8025 or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. We're coming right back. connect with the program, call 800-387-8025. That's 800-387-8025. Or visit the show online at rudymaxa.com. Welcome back to Rudy Max's World.
2: It is 52 minutes after the hour. Merry Christmas and happy holidays to all of our Rudy Max's World listeners. This is our 2014 holiday retrospective broadcast. I'm Robert Carey, joined by my wife and travel partner, Mary.
3: What travel tribe do you belong to? Yelp, TripAdvisor, Trip Expert, Orbitz. New York Times, The Gateway columnist, Stephanie Rosenblum, joined Rudy in October to talk travel websites. Here's some of that interview.
4: You know, uh, as I said at the top of the show... Sometimes you have too much information as a traveler. I love the internet; it's brought us all kinds of transparency for prices and places and foreign newspapers that you can read before you get there in English. But uh, there's so much information now. The problem is how do you find the right information? And Stephanie Rosenblum is the uh, getaway columnist for the New York Times. She recently wrote a most interesting uh, column on just that subject. She said you got to know what travel tribe you belong to, and that might help you determine what site you go to for your kind of travel. And we're talking about sites. We're talking not talking about where you buy airline tickets. We're talking about, uh, for example, sites where, where uh, folks, uh, travelers, post their opinions on things. You know them, TripAdvisor.com among them. Stephanie, welcome to the show. Nice to have you back.
10: It's great to be here. Thanks.
4: Okay. Well, I know it's great to be here, but uh, it's nice to <laughs> thank you. It
10: is. I can that. tell you, I feel great.
4: <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let's because we always have such a limited time. Let's mm-hmm. break this down. Tell us about some of the sites and what travel tribe those sites might appeal to.
10: Sure. Well, we can, for instance, a lot of people will use Yelp when they're traveling, which uh, has a lot of restaurant reviews. It's you know, um, it's not really. Uh, as much about hotel reviews as TripAdvisor, but a lot of people do look at it for things. And I, you know, I myself have used it, and that site tends to be a little younger. Uh, it's a lot of women, and people are affluent and educated. And that's that's some that's some research that Nielsen has done. But knowing that, you know, you can say, hmm, do those things apply to me? And, and to be honest, with all of these sites, one of the things I advise is just thinking about yourself. How do you travel? What do you look for? And spend a little time looking at the profiles of the people who are posting. You know, look, you know are they around the same age as you? Do they seem to like to do the same things as you do? Whatever, you know, that information is sometimes almost as important as what they're saying.
4: See, I didn't even know that was the, the profile of Yelp. But I mean, it's a perfect mm-hmm. dating site for me—young, affluent women. I'm
10: kidding. Exactly. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> exactly. It's your plan B. <laughs> right.
4: Exactly. No, oh, that's interesting. I did not know Yelp uh, skewed that way. So, what about Tripadvisor? Is more about hotels, resorts? And, Who, who's exactly. looking at that?
10: And TripAdvisor is, you know, is is can, it can be overwhelming, right? Because there's so much information there, and they, they, you know, this earlier this year they said they collect something like more than 90 user contributions a minute. It's huge. So no. one way to tame the beast is to uh, take a, you know, look at the hotel, see what's appealing to you. Once you click on a hotel, you're able to winnow that down to see reviews for different groups. So you can see reviews for families. You can see reviews for couples. You can see reviews for business travelers. And they even break it out by solo travelers as well. So you then know you're looking at reviews from people who are traveling like you're traveling. And that that helps you. Because, you know, if you're traveling the solo, if you're traveling for business where you need a quiet hotel and you have a certain amount of work to do, you don't want to be in the world's most family-friendly hotel where everybody is, you know, running around and you can't hear yourself think in the room.
4: Right. And what, what, where do you go to look?
10: Which sites do I use? I mean,
4: well, there are professional review sites as opposed to where uh, citizens oh, yes. are Oh um, well,
10: one of the sites that I really like a lot is a pretty new site called TripExpert.com. It debuted this summer, and they uh, they they basically score hotels from you know sixty to a hundred, and it's based on expert reviews. And by expert, we mean Michelin Guide, voters, Somers, Rough Guide, PKI Witness, you know, Condé kind Nast of Traveler, Travel and Leisure, and um, they they do use. Some things from the New York Times as well. Do
4: they sort of and do a mashup of all those?
10: Exactly. To, to come up with a score? Is, exactly. They come up with a score based on looking at all of those reviews. And what's nice about that is if you do like to look at the professional sites, it's all in one place for you. You don't have to, you know, go on the web and search Fromers for one thing, Condoness for another thing. You can actually get a bit of it all on this one site.
4: Oh, I like that. And yeah. and how do you feel about uh, third party sites like Orbitz and Expedia and uh, Travelocity and, and that sort mm-hmm. of thing?
10: Well, they can be Orbitz and Expedia can be really helpful. Uh, you know, Hotels dot com as well. The you know my my particular feeling about it is that they tend to be cluttered, so I feel like I have to do a little more work on those sites mm-hmm. to try to get to the information I want. But you can get there. I'll use um, Orbitz as a good example because they allow you to narrow the reviews by traveler type. So you can look at a hotel and you can say, is this a good hotel for singles? Is this a good hotel for LGBT travelers? Is this a good hotel for, you know, a getaway with your friends? And and that's helpful. It's just it's just not as clean on some other, you know, in, in some other places on the web, but you can do it. And, and um, what's good about, uh, you know, site like Orbitz, for instance, is you can filter those results to see only the reviews from travelers who stayed at one of the hotels. You know, TripAdvisor doesn't require you to prove that you stayed there.
2: For those stations leaving us, we're sorry to see you go, but a very Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays to all. For the vast majority of you, Mary and I will be back after the top-of-the-hour news and some announcements for another great hour of Rudy Max's World 2014 Holiday Retrospective. Support so yourself some eggnog, throw a log on the fire, Get yourself comfortable. We're coming right back.
0: You've been listening to Rudy Max's World, America's number one travel radio show on the SSI Radio Network.